Greetings, this is podcast number 102 of Blast the Right. I'm Jack Clark from TheRationalRadical.com, www.TheRationalRadical.com. Today, the focus is on health. I'll tell you about how gag orders and censorship seem to be the preferred right-wing prescription for improving the health of the American public. It all relates to recent revelations by Bush's former Surgeon General. Last week's podcast was on the long side, so this week will be a shorter one. No need during the summer to burden you with too much to listen to, just enough to skewer your friendly local right-winger. If you do want to hear more, please check out the live call-in show, which is also available as a podcast. Details in my closing comments. Let's get right into it. My sources are the New York Times, the website of the U.S. Surgeon General, wikipedia.org, specialolympics.org, and the website of the National Library of Medicine. To start off with, we need to know what the U.S. Surgeon General is. No, despite what it sounds like, it's not the nation's chief surgeon charged with performing operations on the president and leaders of Congress. Nothing like that at all. The Surgeon General's website gives the following job description, quote, the Surgeon General serves as America's chief health educator by providing Americans the best scientific information available on how to improve their health and reduce the risk of illness and injury. Close quote. Specifically, his duties include, quote, to articulate scientifically based health policy analysis and advice to the President and the Secretary of Health and Human Services on the full range of critical public health, medical, and health system issues facing the nation, and to protect and advance the health of the nation through educating the public, advocating for effective disease prevention and health promotion programs and activities, and providing a highly recognized symbol of national commitment to protecting and improving the public's health. Close quote. In our context today, the key words would be the best scientific information available and the full range of critical public health, medical, and health system issues facing the nation. The former Surgeon General who recently made news and who we're going to hear from is Richard H. Carmona. He was appointed by George W. Bush to a four-year term, but wasn't asked to stay on once his term expired in 2006. Why he wasn't asked to stay on will become obvious as we continue. Dr. Carmona recently testified before the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee. That body is headed by Representative Henry A. Waxman, Democrat of California. He's actually my congressman. If you know anything about Henry Waxman, you know he has a well-earned reputation as a pit bull in exposing wrongdoing. Waxman's star witness in exposing this particular type of wrongdoing was Dr. Carmona. Is Dr. Carmona someone we should believe? He served in the Army Special Forces, earning two Purple Hearts in Vietnam. He was a leader and trauma surgeon for the Pima County, Arizona SWAT team. Not exactly the anti-Republican troublemaker type looking for reasons to bash the Bush administration. So he comes with indicia of credibility. 
He wasn't someone flogging a book. He wasn't a Democrat making partisan attacks. He has all the indicia of someone telling the truth about the people he worked for. Dr. Kamona testified that he felt his duty as Surgeon General was to address even the nation's most controversial health topics and to issue balanced reports on them, just like his job description requires. And there's the root of the problem. Carmona wanted to actually perform his statutory duties, but he, quote, told a congressional panel that top Bush administration officials repeatedly tried to weaken or suppress important public health reports because of political considerations, close quote. Repeatedly tried to weaken or suppress important public health reports because of political considerations. The areas included global warming, stem cells, sex education, prison health care, and secondhand smoke. Let's examine the right-wing wrongdoing in each area. Sometimes it was a matter of cutting Dr. Kamona out of the loop of internal administration discussions because he didn't toe the party line. He didn't engage in faith-based science. Quote, he described attending a meeting of top officials in which the subject of global warming was discussed. The officials concluded that global warming was a liberal cause and dismissed it. And I said to myself, I realize why I've been invited. They want me to discuss the science because they obviously don't understand the science. I was never invited back. Close quote. Top officials who obviously didn't understand the science decided among themselves that global warming was merely a liberal cause and could thereby be dismissed as a matter of concern. When someone tried to tell them about the science, they just disinvited him from future meetings. Perhaps more insidious were the Bush administration's gag orders imposed on Dr. Carmona. Quote, on issue after issue, Dr. Kamona said the administration made decisions about important public health issues based solely on political considerations, not scientific ones. Dr. Kamona said, quote, I was told to stay away from those because we've already decided which way we want to go. Close quote. Take stem cells. Dr. Kamona testified that he proposed that his office offer guidance on the issue, quote, so that we can have, if you will, informed consent. I was told to stand down and not speak about it. It was removed from my speeches. Close quote. Red penciled out by the Bushian ideologues. The Bushians, in effect, ordered Dr. Carmona to violate his statutory duties. Here's another example. Everyone except the lunatic abstinence-only fringe crowd accepts the evidence that the most effective approach to sex education also includes a discussion of contraception. Dr. Carmona testified that he wanted to discuss such comprehensive sex education. Quote, However, there was already a policy in place that did not want to hear the science but wanted to preach abstinence only. Close quote. So he was forbidden to speak about this subject as well. In addition to gag orders, there's the Bush administration's literal suppression of scientific evidence that doesn't conform to their ideology. Prison health care is notoriously inadequate. Beyond the moral issue raised by the government not providing proper health care for those unable to procure it any other way than through the government that's incarcerating them, there is a public health issue. 
Dr. Kamona testified that, quote, for us, the science was pretty easy. These people go back into the community and take diseases with them, close quote. There's a draft Surgeon General's report on the topic. Dr. Carmona, quote, The correctional health care report is pointing out the inadequacies of health care within our correctional health care system. It would force the government on a course of action to improve that, close quote. But Dr. Carmona said that the Bushians haven't issued the report because they don't want to increase funding for prisoners' health care. In the doctor's eyes, quote, this is not about the crime, it's about protecting the public, close quote. Protecting the public? What kind of a role is that for government? The free market protects the public, doesn't it? Another area of suppressing information the public needs to know involved secondhand smoke. Last year, there was a landmark report that said immediate harm could result from even brief exposure to cigarette smoke. Dr. Kamona said top Bush officials delayed that report for years trying to water it down. How can legislatures take appropriate and timely corrective action if they don't have the facts about the dangers of secondhand smoke? How many people will sadly come down with cancer because of exposures that might have been avoided had this report been issued sooner without the right-wing delays? As always, right-wing policies increase human misery, suffering, pain, and death. After the break, more on Dr. Kamona's testimony and right-wing attempts to wiggle out of its implications. Your one-minute voting report. Thank you for voting. We're holding steady at number seven on the Podcast Alley Top Ten. Some other podcasts are coming up from below, so if you haven't yet voted for July, please go do so. And right-wingers go to the iTunes Music Store and sabotage us with one-star reviews. So if you're an iTunes subscriber, please go to the Music Store and counter the right-wingers by giving Blast the Right a five-star review. Thanks. Beyond the direct harm to public health caused by the Bush administration's gagging and otherwise impeding the efforts of the nation's Surgeon General was the insistence that Dr. Carmona play the role of political cheerleader. He was ordered to make speeches supporting Republicans running for office, as well as to attend political briefings. Most bizarrely, this is really a doozy, quote, Dr. Kamona said he was ordered to mention President Bush three times on every page of his speeches, close quote. Three times, huh? Why three times? Why not just twice? Or why not a bit more often? four times. I wonder, did Frank Luntz conduct focus group studies to determine how many times is the optimal amount to mention the president in each page of a speech? This Hail Caesar order actually led to another report being scuttled, one on global health. As the New York Times reporter puts it, quote, 
The Global Health Report was never approved, Dr. Kamona said, because he refused to sprinkle the report with glowing references to the efforts of the Bush administration. Close quote. Let me read you this delicious letter to the editor about the praise Bush three times per page rule. Quote, I am a scientist who traveled to and lived in Romania between 1980 and 1990. The brutal Stalinist dictator Nicolae Ceausescu and his wife Elena ruled the country during most of that period. Every scientist was required to cite both Ceausescu's liberally in any papers they published or speeches they delivered. The Romanian secret police listened to every speech and scoured every scientific paper to make sure the rule was followed. Violations of the rule led to catastrophic occupational consequences for the scientists. Your article recounting the requirement that President Bush's name be mentioned three times in every page of speeches by Dr. Richard H. Carmona, the former Surgeon General, was reminiscent of the Ceausescu government. But at least Dr. Carmona was not required to mention Laura Bush as well. So I guess that is some progress. Close quote. Gee, I wonder if Bush, rather Karl Rove, who I'm sure came up with the three times rule, I wonder if, like the Romanian dictator, Rove also has some underlings whose job it is to enforce the three times per page rule. Remember the podcast about how the torture techniques employed by the Bush administration were explicitly reverse-engineered from Soviet KGB methods. And also remember how Michelle Malkin has advocated East German Stasi's secret police style, neighbor turning in neighbor if illegal immigration status is suspected. Well, with this three times per page rule, we seem to have another example of the Bush administration's clear affinity for Soviet evil empire type practices. Dr. Carmona also revealed that in addition to all their other fine qualities, the right-wingers running the Bush administration display political pettiness beyond belief. The Special Olympics is a universally loved charitable organization that provides, quote, year-round sports training and athletic competition to more than 2.5 million people with intellectual disabilities in more than 165 countries. Children and adults with intellectual disabilities who participate in Special Olympics develop improved physical fitness and motor skills, greater self-confidence, and a more positive self-image. They grow mentally, socially, and spiritually, and, through their activities, exhibit boundless courage and enthusiasm, enjoy the rewards of friendship, and ultimately discover not only new abilities and talents, but their voices as well. Close quote. Who would not want to support such an endeavor? You know who. The reason? For decades, the Kennedy family has been heavily involved in creating and supporting the Special Olympics. So, quote, administration officials discouraged Dr. Kamona from attending the Special Olympics because, he said, of that charitable organization's longtime ties to a prominent family. Dr. Carmona said, quote, I was specifically told by a senior person, why would you want to help those people? Close quote. Why would you want to help those people? If it's the Kennedys who are doing something noble and beautiful, don't support them. This isn't about supporting partisan legislation or political activities that'll help elect a Kennedy to office. This is about helping the least of these, 
allowing them to express their humanity. But to the petty, cold-hearted Bushians, that's irrelevant. Remember my podcast segment, How Cold is a Right-Winger's Heart? Anyway, getting back to Dr. Carmona's devastating testimony, what was the right-wing response? The usual mealy-mouthed platitudes. Here's a spokesman for the Department of Health and Human Services, which is the Surgeon General's parent agency. Quote, It has always been this administration's position that public health policy should be rooted in sound science. Close quote. Never mind that Dr. Carmona definitively showed otherwise. And, not likely to be topped in the chutzpah department, White House spokesperson Emily Lorimore came up with the following, saying that the Surgeon General, quote, is the leading voice for the health of all Americans. It's disappointing to us if he failed to use this position to the fullest extent in advocating for policies he thought were in the best interests of the nation, close quote. Wow, it's disappointing to the right-wingers that he followed their orders to shut up. If you challenge your friendly local right-winger with Dr. Carmona's revelations, you may well get the general response, oh, everybody does that, or the more specific, all-purpose right-wing response to anything, Clinton is guilty of worse. It is true that occasional political interference with the Surgeon General's office has occurred in the past. At Representative Waxman's hearings, Dr. C. Everett Koop, Surgeon General in the Reagan administration, said top Reagan officials discouraged him from talking about AIDS, but he did so anyway. And yes, Bill Clinton's Surgeon General, David Satcher, said he was discouraged from releasing a report concluding that needle exchange programs helped reduce disease. He also went ahead and released the report. The issue is magnitude. As in so many other areas, the Bush administration takes what are the usual haphazard, scattered, inappropriate actions attendant to all human behavior and systematizes and increases the level of such misbehavior to reach a qualitatively different place. Indeed, quote, Dr. Kamona said that at first he was so politically naive that he had little idea how inappropriate the administration's actions were. He eventually consulted six previous surgeons general, Republican and Democrat, and all agreed, he said, that he faced more political interference than they had. Close quote. The Bushians, unlike any other administration in the past, gagged, suppressed, and prevented Dr. Carmona from doing his job across the board. Probably the most famous Surgeon General's report was the 1964 report on smoking and health. It pointed out in stark terms the horrific consequences of cigarette smoking and was responsible for a major change in public attitude towards smoking. Quote, a Gallup survey conducted in 1958 found that only 44% of Americans believed smoking caused cancer, while 78% believed so by 1968. Close quote. A Surgeon General appointed by John F. Kennedy released this report. I ask you, would this report ever even have been released under a right-wing administration more concerned with protecting the tobacco industry than the public? What will be the result of Dr. Carmona's revelations? Well, if the controversy over his testimony had gotten wider play, 
I wonder if a swift boat Veterans for Truth type group would have sprung up to claim Dr. Carmona didn't deserve his Purple Hearts. Seriously, though, while Dr. Carmona wouldn't in his public testimony name the specific people who had ordered him to let politics trump science, he said he'd provide the committee that information in private. I hope he's done so, and Pitbull Henry Waxman will get on the trail of those evildoers. On a more systemic level, there have been calls to make the Surgeon General more able to function as a national ombudsman for public health by providing that office its own budget and staff. Congress could also pass legislation forbidding any attempts to censor or delay reports and speeches of the Surgeon General. As in so many other areas, action must be taken to stop the right wing from achieving its goals. I often play the Rush Limbaugh clip where he brags that Roosevelt is dead and the right will soon do something about Roosevelt's policies as well. The Surgeon General's office actually predates the Roosevelt administration by nearly seven decades. So as you see, the right's attempt to limit government's role in protecting the public stretches backward in time far past the New Deal. As the New York Times nicely put it in an editorial quote, even those who have grown cynical over the Bush administration's relentless manipulation of scientific views to fit its political and ideological agenda must have been surprised at the sheer breadth of interference described by the former Surgeon General, Dr. Richard Carmona. The official job description calls for the Surgeon General to serve as America's chief health educator, but the Bush administration instead tried to turn Dr. Carmona into a propagandist and political cheerleader, and when he refused to go along, it stopped him from speaking at all on a host of essential health issues. It all sounds so ham-handedly partisan that it would be laughable if it weren't so damaging. Close quote. Just what you could say about the Bush administration in so many areas. Their actions would be laughable if not for the massive increase in human misery, suffering, pain, and death that results. We progressives must stop and then reverse the right's efforts to endanger us all in the name of their false ideology, which is, in truth, based on nothing but greed and enabled only by the right's total callousness to the needs of others. Well, that'll about wrap it up for today. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about Blast the Right and vote for Blast the Right at podcastalley.com. There's a one-click link to do each of those on the podcast homepage. You get to the podcast homepage by typing in Blast the Right in Google, and I'm the first result. A special shout-out to all the listeners on KWMD, Kosilov and Anchorage, Alaska, WUTZ in Summertown, Tennessee, KNFSLP in Tulare, California, the website nextgen570.com, globalpublicradio.org, and the newest broadcaster playing Blast the Right, Grateful Dread Radio, gratefuldread.net. I had a live call-in show scheduled August 1st with John Booty, independent presidential candidate who says he makes Rush Limbaugh look liberal. It turns out, I have an infected old root canal. Should be a delightful experience getting that taken care of. The earliest the specialist can see me is the exact time the show was scheduled for. So in the interest of saving my tooth, there probably won't be a live show next week. 
you can check my home page to see if I can reschedule it in. If you've been wondering, there are podcast feeds for Blast the Right live shows. One is on blogtalkradio.com and the other one is on talkshoe.com. You can search for Blast the Right on each of those and you'll see where the podcast feed is. Whoever left a comment on the comment line whose phone number ends in 982, no sound recorded. you got to check your mic and try again. And on commondreams.org, at the end of every story, they have icon links to several social networking sites. If someone's real good with this and can take those icons and fashion the HTML to point towards Blast the Right, you can send me that HTML and I can stick it up on the podcast homepage. And now a word from another progressive podcaster. Uh, we, we, we still at war. Yeah, we still at war. Do countries need wars in order to accomplish legitimate goals? No. no. So my podcast, Civilianism, discusses ways to stop needless war, outrageous and wasteful military spending, and accomplish good things without attacking or invading others. It also talks about ways to live smarter in the 21st century. Our leaders can't seem to come up with the answers, so I guess it's up to us. Join me at civilianism.com. Let's find some answers before it's too late. Civilianism.com Music credits. The break music was The Schnee Speaks by KG House combined with the alternate Blast the Right theme by Nye's Music and Not the One Blues by Burnshee Thornside. We'll close on a lighter note with a little bit of Clinton is to blame Links to all the music I play on Blast the Right can be found on my music resources page. Links to all the statistics and quotations I use can be found on my data resources page. Both of them are linked to off the main podcast homepage. Keep all that great email coming in. My address is rational at roadrunner.com. You can call and leave a comment for me to play on Blast the Right. Dial the comment line 310-933-5891 and leave your message. You can also use Skype. My Skype name is Jack from Blast the Right. So, until next time, I'll sign off and say I love you all, including all you right-wing misguided souls. (laughs) 